With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Judd with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. You know, it was a, a close game. I thought our defense did a phenomenal job all game long. Unfortunately, on offense, we just didn't put up enough points and, you know, lost a, lost a close one, a tough one. And so, you know, it was, it was one of those hard-fought games in a tough environment and, um, I expect this Monday night to be much the same way in terms of the environment, in terms of the challenge, but as an offense, we need to have a you know, much better outing than what we had last year. That's Kirk talking about the game last year in Seattle, which did not go well. It's actually hard to go into Seattle and perform well, not just for Kirk, but for pretty much anybody in the NFL. And we'll see if the Vikings can get their biggest win of the season tonight. Watch the game anywhere you want, but come back and listen to it right here on Score North, the post game, anyways. Uh, Vikings Vent Line. Judd and I will be hosting Vikings Vent Line tonight. Let's go down to the actual field in Seattle right now where our friend Tom Pelissero, NFL Network, is standing. And uh, what is the vibe a couple hours before kickoff there? This is one of the biggest games of the year in uh, in any respect, not just for the Vikings and the Seahawks, but this is, this is, this is billboard stuff here for the NFL. It really is. And when you look at the implications, as Mike Silver and I were just discussing a few minutes ago on NFL Network, in the entire NFC playoff picture, they're huge. One team is going to walk out of here tied for the division lead, and the other team's going to have, you know, be a game back and have some work to do. You know, the number one seed is still in play for both these teams. The first round bye is still in play for both these teams. But, you know, as Stephon Diggs put it to me the other day, we need it. They need this game before they head into that stretch of home games. Uh, against teams from the NFC North. There's no question, as much as everybody tries to make every game, you know, be the same and approach it the same way, which I'm sure is true on some level, people know what the implications of this game are. And you got a gorgeous night for it here, too, in Seattle. Uh, contrary to the tarps that you saw in the background of my shots this morning, that was just to keep the paint dry. Uh, it's like 50 degrees, no rain, beautiful night. Paint dry is very is key, Tommy. Uh, does Harrison Smith... I'm told they want, they, they want the paint crisp. That was that was what I, it was explained to me. They had a tarp over it. They had some things blowing, and the guy said, "We just we need the paint to be crisp." And if anyone if anyone knows about paint drying, it's Mackie and Jeb with Rami right here on Score North. By the way, Adam, bum bum. Does Harrison Smith play tonight, sir? It sounds like Harrison Smith is going to play tonight. Uh, you know, he's got a hamstring, so he's still got to get through yep. you know, whatever he does in pregame without a setback, but. Everybody I've talked to today has said their understanding is uh, Harrison is preparing to go. They're also going to have back uh, Linval Joseph, who had his meniscus trimmed 
a few weeks ago uh, by Dr. Chris Larson, the head team physician. Uh, he is also on track to return this game. Shamar Stephan, who's also with this question, will just walk by me. I asked if he's good to go. He said yes, sir. So a relatively healthy Vikings team, other than, of course, uh, wide receiver Adam Thielen, who certainly sounded on Friday in his podium session like a guy who thought he was going to play tonight. But, you know, I, I talked to Thielen for a while after that, and one thing that he said that stuck out to me was, I'm definitely not 100%. Stays in a good place. He's gaining confidence and all that, but he's not 100%. You know, the Vikings are in a good spot in terms of getting into the playoffs. they got to play the long game here. Still a lot of football left. They just did not feel that he's ready. There's no major setback here. It's not some secret. He's not out for the year. Right. He's just not quite ready to be back on the field. So if that's the case, does playing Smith make sense? Because my concern is you just went through the same thing, and Thielen tried to come back in that Kansas City game. Obviously, I think last of the series or about three plays. Does there need to be some thought given here to as key as this game is, if Smith tweaks this thing, he's probably done for four games. So I would almost think that you would err on the side of caution and say we can't afford to to have you play, tweak it, and then miss those last four games and probably at best come back for the first playoff game, if that. No, that's absolutely true. And the Vikings do err on the conservative side. You know, when Thielen played against Kansas City, he was pushing. I mean, he was pushing to play, get back into the Detroit game. He was pushing to play on game day after being ruled out to play against the Redskins. You know, obviously he went out there. He felt the hamstring grab. Uh, we don't know the, the, you know, the details on Harrison Smith's hamstring. There's a lot of different degrees you can be dealing with here, but he was able to practice in part, uh, through the course of this week. Uh, you know, you would not put him back on the field. If you thought there was a significant risk of him having a, you know, a high-level setback. Let's also not forget, he's a Seahawks team that can throw it around uh, quite a bit. We don't know. The one guy who's status we really don't know is Anthony Harris yet. I have not yet seen him out here on the field. If you were down both your starting safeties, that would be a, be a potential issue to deal with here. But, again, they don't, they're not going to take chances even in a game that means as much as this one. If Harrison Smith is playing, it's because they've deemed him ready to play. Tom Pelissero, NFL Network. He's on the field in Seattle right now. Vikings and Seahawks in about two hours. And Vikings Ventline right after the game is over here on Score North and the Score North app. Uh, to what degree does tonight define Kirk Cousins, Tom Pelissero? I mean, listen, one of the best stats that our research people have come up all year is since 2015, so basically since Kirk Cousins became a full-time starting quarterback, he has a higher passer rating in prime time than Russell Wilson, wow. than all the two quarterbacks in the entire league. He actually has performed well overall. That passer rating is not the end-all, be-all of evaluating quarterback play, of course, uh, but this is certainly another big stage for him. He stepped up on the last one in Dallas. Like he played well in Kansas City, some of the best teams that they've faced this season. It's always going to be week-to-week in terms of public perception of Kirk Cousins, but you know, I had a conversation with uh, Seahawks linebacker Bobby Wagner the other day. He was saying, no, it starts like all offenses with the running game. That's what everything is built off of. It's about Dalvin Cook, the play-action game. That sets up the deep shots. And Wagner said, if Cousins is able to hit one of those, which he won't, but if he's able to hit a bomb and get that confidence, then he's a really good player. In other words, Cousins can feel it sometimes on the field. If he gets hot early in games, he can stay hot. We've also seen him. Of course, you got to go all the way back to week four of that game in Chicago. He missed that deep shot early to Adam Thielen, and the rest of that game for the entire Vikings team just wasn't very good. So I think you know the, the, the Cousins angle is always going to be a headline and a fascinating angle, and just seeing how he plays is going to be interesting tonight. But 
seeing how Mike Zimmer's defense handles or doesn't handle Russell Wilson and the Seahawks offense is another one to watch. I mean, Tom, you look up and down. I know the Vikings have had injuries and there's some age uh, regression potentially. Xavier Rhodes is a classic example, but what do you make of Mike Zimmer's defense this year compared to, say, a couple years ago when they were the number one defense in the NFL yardage-wise and points-wise? And how do you think they will attempt to handle Russell Wilson? They're still highly ranked, and Anthony Harris actually just came onto the field, so we'll keep an eye on him here as we continue talking. Uh, you know, if you look at some of the, the key statistical measures, they're still pretty good. Now, I know the overall yards and the points are not where they've been in the past, but it's still a tough unit because every, every week, and I've covered a lot of Viking games this year, every week when you talk to opponents about them, they talk about how aggressive the Vikings are, how disciplined, how much they vary up their blitzes, and their coverages, you know, they're a difficult team to scheme against. Where they've gotten in trouble at times has been when teams push the ball down the field on them. That's something they're going to have to deal with. The Seahawks are a vertical pass offense. That's why they can draft a guy like D.K. Metcalf. That's why Tyler Lockett can be so explosive in that offense. Uh, that's going to be, you know, a challenge for the Vikings just because of the way that Seattle plays. I mean, they're, they're still a well-coached unit. They still have a lot of good players. They have stepped up in terms of stopping the run, even with Linval Joseph out. I would say that's a good sign. They've still got depth on the defensive line. You know, Eric Wilson's now going to be one of their starting linebackers. Ben Getty had landed on injured reserve today, and they got to get healthy in the secondary. But coming off the bye for this stretch run, they are arguably healthier than they've been for most of the season. Hey, Tom, what's your sense as far as potential changes that the Vikings might make in their past defense coming off the bye, too? Because you know, clearly the last few weeks before, they were struggling there. Do you think that, that Mike spent some time in, in the bye trying to uh, schematically adjust things a bit to give the uh, Seahawks a different look? Well, they're always tweaking things. You know, the, the scheme is the scheme, but they definitely have altered some things based on issues that they've had in the past. You go back to that Rams game last year that everybody talks about and the way that, you know, Anthony Barr got caught in a bad way a couple of times, even though that wasn't entirely his fault. They exploited the rules a little bit. Games like that had them in the offseason going back and reevaluating the scheme, different ways that they can adjust the things that the, uh, the opposing offense does. You know, within the bye, you're not, you're not overhauling things, but certainly there's going to be different wrinkles and things sure. that they're going to throw at teams. I mean, that's what's made, made Mike Zimmer good for a long time is that ability to adapt what he's doing. And, but yeah, when you got 15 days to prepare for a game, I told you guys last week Zimmer was sitting behind me on the plane back from uh, Cincinnati last week. He was watching tape the whole time. I guarantee he wasn't just down there drinking wine, smoking a cigar in the back <laughs> patio. That's, that's a dude who's always working, and he knows what's at stake here these next five games. Hunting, right, Tom? Hunting? Yeah. Mike Mike sits in the deer stand watches uh, watches tape and hunts. Oh, hunting. 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 No, hunting. I don't think, H. I don't know well, he could punt, too, uh, if, not, if he wants. a football guy. Hey, he's got a lot of stuff down there on that ranch, man. He can do whatever he wants. Actually, we'd love you to talk for a few minutes about the punting matchup tonight, yeah, Tom. Go what ahead. What do you think about uh, Tom, talk about punting. Cluey's back there, right? <laughs> it's a very it's very calm. There's no wind at all. Should be a good night for the specialists. Uh, hey, I have a just uh, – there's so many things around the league, too. And let, let just We'll get one more minute with you, and then you get back to work out there in Seattle. But – is Justin Tucker, we've talked about Adam Vinatieri as the greatest kicker of all time. Is is Justin Tucker the new greatest kicker of all time? I think he's been in football for his career. Unbelievable. One of the 
as the league who is just automatic that when he comes on the field, you believe that he's making that kick. You know, there's, there's something about the mentality of it. I was in Baltimore maybe a month or a month and a half ago, and I was talking with him because a couple of their kickers, remember Corey Bedvick, who, you know, Vikings legend <laughs> Corey Bedvick was on the Ravens roster, and he had just been cut and was bouncing around. There was another former, I think Elliot Fry was also a former Ravens backup. He was working out for teams. We were just talking about, you know, that, you know, how weird of a world it is. Like, you're either Justin Tucker or you're one of the 25 kickers who you have one bad day and they're working out kickers. It just happened to Brett Maher. There's been, like, five kickers changes around the league this season. It's a tough, tough business. You know, timing is a big thing, and you got to be consistent. I mean, and he's been as consistent as anybody. Yeah. That's Tom Pelissero on the field in Seattle. He's not punting. He's not punting right now. No. He's working. He's going for it. He's going Dallas for it all. Cook is zapping up Geno Smith five feet in front of me right now. So all the action through kickoff on NFL Network. Get in there. Go Make for Make sure a that paint gets dry, dab. Tom. That's the most important thing on that field right now. Better, dry paint. Better be dry now. Better be dry now. Or Russell Wilson could have some issues with his please. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Bye, Tom. See ya. <laughs> bye. Tom Pelissero on the field. You don't. You don't get inside access like that. That was a good connection. On any show that's Mackie and Joe. Till the end, it got a little dicey. But before that, that that's a good connection from on the field with Tommy. It was. Um, and we can continue to mix in some more of your Gophers calls. We're going to get to a couple others here before uh, before we uh, go to a break. But I got something. Well, you go. You go first. The I Harrison got, I got, Smith. I got something. For the Harrison too. Smith thing concerns me a lot. Okay, the fact that that the Seahawks will and like to throw the ball around. Quite a bit. And Wilson is this good. He's got a hamstring. Didn't we just learn this? Thielen can't play. Okay? I get it. This game's incredibly important. I agree. But if he tweaks this thing, Phil, he could be done for the season. I can't take that chance. This has to be... When's the last time that you just heard, ah, it's just a little hamstring. You know, it's always a fairly big deal. And if you think for one second that 22 is going to play and be like, you know what, I, I can't run. I think uh, it's, I'll take it easy. I'm I'm legitimately concerned. About it this. reminds me of like every time a pitcher on a larger scale, like a pitcher has, oh, it's just like a little, it's a slight tear yeah, exactly. of the UCL. It's just his elbow's just. Yeah, we're gonna rehab through it. I hate that. We're gonna shut him down for a couple weeks, bring him back. Go in and it repair. Always it. winds up with surgery. I'm not saying Harrison Smith needs surgery, but it's never just like ah, sit him with a hamstring for a week. So I'm kind of with you. I I don't know. Is there a very mild version of this? Of this uh, hamstring strain that all right, he can just kind of sit for a minute and come back. I just don't. But like the it. fact that Adam and I don't know is Adam Thielen's worse than Harrison Smith's. We don't know, but Adam Thielen has been out for a month. Had the bye week plus a day. Felt pretty good last week. Late last week and after Thanksgiving. Practice. And and so is you know does that mean that he's now he's going to be out for another month? It's, hamstrings are tough, and when you're if you're an offensive lineman and you're not full on sprinting every play, all right, whatever you can probably get away with it, right? If you're a safety and you're opening it up on almost every play, right? Charging in to stop the run, blitzing, running back. backwards, yep. wide receivers. That's... And Smith is Smith is great because his biggest attribute, I think, is his ability to get all over the field consistently, right? Yeah. So if he opens that thing up tonight and he's going full bore and it rips or something, he's done. Yeah. Anyway, I I I think the Thielen thing is a really good cautionary tale of why you should be so careful. And I'm not saying that the Vikings are purposely not being careful, but if you go to the athlete, nine times out of ten, he's going to be like, oh, I can play. I ordinarily don't share in your level of panic on this show, but I don't know if it's smart to put Harrison Smith out there. If Thielen hadn't, if we weren't going through this with him right now, I'd probably say, ah, yeah, all right, chance it. 
but we're seeing it right now. And by the way, if Smith gets hurt and, and is out for any extended period, you're not replacing him. Like this isn't, well, just put Irv Smith back there. Thielen's loss has hurt, but Irv Smith has emerged during the time that Thielen's been out and actually played really well, I think. Yeah. And so there is an alternative there. If Harrison Smith goes out, your safeties aren't terrible, but that guy is essentially, as far as I can tell, the heartbeat of your defense, and now he's gone. Uh, on the Adam Thielen front, this was what Kirk Cousins had to say about relying on other guys in Adam Thielen's absence. Yeah, we have relied on some different personnel groupings. Um, I think we've asked a little bit more of like an Irv Smith, the Tyler Conklin, um, even our running backs in the past game being receivers, and they've really answered the call and shown what they can do. So you'd like to think that it gives you more versatility and more experience to lean on if we have Adam back, knowing that uh, uh, there are a few others who are battle-tested, maybe more than they otherwise would have been. I think it says a lot about our coaches, too. I think that's a great job by them to say, hey, uh, we're missing and so-and-so, how do we still move the football? How do we get players in a position to be successful? I think coaches have done a good job with that, and uh, you know, Monday night will be, be no different whether we have Adam or not. It's pretty amazing that Kirk Cousins has been putting up some of these numbers without maybe his best wide receiver, although Stefan Diggs would... Uh, I, I think Stefan Diggs probably slightly above Thielen, and Thielen was targeted more last year, but I got something for you here. Yeah. All right. Aaron Rodgers owns the NFL single-season record for passer rating. Now, passer rating isn't the be-all, end-all, and there's other ways to take into context. But I think if you looked at the all-time single-season passer rating leaders, traditional passer rating, Mm -hmm. outside of Nick Foles in 2013 with the Eagles, it's a who's-who list of Hall of Famers or MVPs, right? Aaron Rodgers, number one on the list, 122.5. 2011 was his single-season passer rating record. Peyton Manning in 2004 is on this list. Tom Brady... Matt Ryan's 2016 season, which went to the Super Bowl. Drew Brees, another Peyton Manning. All right. So uh, 122.5 is the single-season passer rating record. Okay. Kirk Cousins' last seven games, Mm -hmm. 126.5. If if you take his last seven games and extrapolate that over the course of 16 games, Mm -hmm. the numbers would be 73% completions, Mm -hmm. 4,600 passing yards, 41 touchdowns and two interceptions with the all-time passer rating record. Now, asking him to duplicate this over another half of games, I get that there'd be some regression, but yes. I don't think we can I don't think we can give enough credit for the job he's done since that Chicago game, getting things on the right track, not turning the ball over, and throwing a bunch of touchdown passes when his team needs him to step up in this stretch. Like this has been the best stretch of his career. And it's been one of the best stretches of quarterback play we've seen in the NFL the last 10 or 15 years. It's pretty amazing how far we've come. And this is why I'm so curious to see tonight. Because I I think this is a game that is against a defense that can be exploited, right? I think that this is a game, though, it's a Monday night game. Kirk is 0-7 in those games. And as we talked about earlier, I think that this is a checkmark game for Kirk. If he can get that first win in a Monday night game, it's a big deal. And he has gone through... And since the Giants game, checked off boxes. And some of those have been checked off against bad teams. But you know what? You won in Dallas, prime time. And and I know that Dallas is not as good as we probably thought going into that game. But it's still a nice win, right? If you go into Seattle tonight and win, and, and a year ago in the December 10th game that they played, if you go back and look, in Seattle, Russell Wilson in that game, career low, um, career low, 
rating, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He was not good. Defensively, the Vikings were great. This Vikings defense, in my mind, not going to to repeat that, right? So what does this come back to now? This comes back to me that Kirk, if not having a huge game, has to have a very good game. And if Kirk has a good game here, you've turned a corner now, I think, for sure. Agreed. But the thing that I feel like is getting buried in all this conversation, the Seattle Seahawks, their defense is vulnerable, like you just stated. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's not just vulnerable for Kirk Cousins. There's been a few teams this year that have gashed the Seahawks on the ground as well. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Now, that's a different type of running attack. That's that's a running attack where the quarterback could also run for 100 yards. So it's right. a totally different rushing attack. But uh, they gave up 199 yards rushing to the Ravens. They gave up a buck 57. And I want to say a couple of touchdowns in that game against Cleveland. Um, week six of this season. Sure. They also gave up 106 yards to the Eagles. Last week. And so I think it's very, very possible that Dalvin Cook could be the one that gets loose for 100-plus yards in this game, too. So I have a hard time really... I, I feel like two weeks of preparation and Mike Zimmer going into a film room and making some adjustments on defense and an extra day. It's two weeks in a day, too, and that day is like 21 hours of film watching for Mike That's Zimmer. That's always so, done, I'm sure. So it's extra time. Absolutely. But I just feel like... they're. I'm not guaranteeing a win, but I almost guarantee that they're going to have... A fight for the Seattle Seahawks tonight, and then we'll just see. <laughs> You're not going happens. to be disappointed again. I don't think it's going to be a Wisconsin. I don't think it's going to be a 21 point no. loss or a 14 point loss. I like you get two weeks to prepare like that. It shouldn't I be. be shocked. It shouldn't be. But I'm not picking them because I've decided. I picked the Twins against the Yankees. I picked the Gophers against the Badgers. I'm done. I'm reversing the luck completely. So are you just not picking, or so are you picking I, no, the Seahawks? I'm picking Seattle. Okay, by about three points. Okay, by about three points. That's fair. I am curious, though, what is the adjustment? Because that pass defense has looked very, very suspect for, what, like the last month or so? And that was the one thing. You know, I can't, I guess the one thing I can't get past as far as the defense goes was how porous it looked against the Broncos at times. Too much, too. That quarterback just got benched. Like, he's not good. He got benched that quick? Yeah, he, he's been benched now. He's not good. <laughs> that's hilarious. No, but my, po- my point oh, my is, that's, that's the question, is what can you adjust, and can you adjust enough, and what can you do to not get torched? Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be fun, man. This is, this is the biggest game of the year, and the only thing that could maybe trump it is the game against the Packers in a few weeks, but to make that game as meaningful as it should be, you've got to win this game, too. I think this game's absolutely huge. The Packers blinked when they lost to the 49ers, and if you blink in this one, you still, because of tiebreakers, would need to beat the Packers, right. and the Packers would have to lose another game, right. and they play just as weak of a schedule as you do. So, really, the only game beyond this that the Packers or the Vikings should expect to lose is the game in which they play each other. Yes. Which the Vikings should win. Agreed. But it's, it's here. It's like a 60-40 game, game, though. Let's real quick, Let's before we get to uh, Josh here, let's mix in. Bill's been on hold for a while. We've been taking gopher vent line calls throughout the course of the show. Bill in Plymouth, go ahead with your gopher vent line call. Yeah, say I am still firmly on the gopher boat wagon. You know, on paper, before <laughs> the season started, it really looked like 2020 would be our year. We got a, a, a sophomore quarterback that put, put up Heisman Trophy-like numbers. We returned the, return the entire offensive line. You know, we still have Bateman, and we get Ottman Bell for more time. Ibrahim was, you know, stellar last year and, you know, didn't get as many reps because Rodney came back. I think next year looks outstanding. Thank you for the Thanks, phone Bill. call, and I agree. It should. 
You have an NFL receiver. You have a guy in Tanner Morgan who has two more years left, by the way. Yep. He should get better, too. He's a leader. Best quarterback we've seen since Adam Weber. It should look good. Yeah. Unless they play Auburn, get smoked, and have... What do you think they're going to do? Then be season. like, oh, that's it. That's it for us. We're done. I, I think players PJ will go to the uh, podium post game and, and be like, you know what? Typical Gophers. How about this? Look at this. Doogie just tweeted out. Gophers grab a wide receiver from Florida who visited over the weekend. He was set to visit West Virginia and Miami the they next couple him. weeks. And uh, also uh, Cincinnati was high on him. And he just tweeted out, he's going to be a Gopher. They just, they just uh, keep Douglas, flocking. They Douglas keep flocking here, Phil. Emilian. They keep coming here. Yep, they do. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North and the Score North app. We'll get Patrick Royce's thoughts on uh, not only tonight's Viking Seahawks game, but also the Gophers Badges game from Saturday. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The College Football Playoff Committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the College Football Playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.